Never, never interrupt me, okay? It's Friday, it's 10.30, it's time to party. I'm your excellent host. Remember that time we partied with Anthrax? Yeah, <laughs> we were cool. <laughs> Read my lips. Insert that right here. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. Why don't you phone me some time when you have no class? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Missed it by that much. What's up? And one time at band camp. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, the two greatest podcasters of your generation could not make it today. Instead, please welcome your hosts, Solio and Smith. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Yes! All right, Paul, you're on the air. That's what pointing to you was supposed oh, to do. Oh, is this where I welcome everybody yeah, to the lighter yeah, side I was, of dark? I was pointing to you going, dude, three, two, one. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the lighter side of dark. My name is Solio. And I am Smith. I loved your idea last week of the uh, the LSD podcast. You came came up with that all by yourself? You know, I want something catchy. Every every time I remember something, it's because it's, it's a catchy phrase or word, and I thought everybody knows what LSD is. It's easier to say than the lighter side of dark, just less... Let's the LSD podcast. I, I mean, I was. Uh, I mean, I, you probably could tell by my reaction last week. I was blown away by it. I said, "Wow, that is so cool." Why didn't I think of that? Because I want to take credit for every single solitary thing I can, of course. So uh, that's why we have to meld together. So it's been another crazy week in uh, the the Sunshine State. Um, our governor, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, for those who uh, who don't live down here with us, I. I didn't vote for him four years, I didn't either. four years ago. No. However, I will tell you, about a year ago, I was shifting a little bit. I was reading up on some of the stuff he was doing, and I was going, you know something? I didn't vote for this guy the first time, but I'll probably vote for him now because look what he's done for this. Look what he's done with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was some criminal justice reform and, and so on. Then all of a sudden, he became a Trump lackey to the point where it was like he was sitting on Trump's lap and Trump had his hand up his uh, rear end, making his mouth move. The recent kind of reopening of the state numbers don't lie do they it just seems like he's following orders and by when once it gets out that someone's suppressing numbers automatically then there's there's no credibility you know if he's suppressing numbers what are you trying to hide well uh i have a uh, i will say i'll use the word acquaintance i wouldn't say friend i've never been to her home she's never been to mine i think that's a definition of a friend sure. by the way i love it when when brides and grooms are getting married and, and they'll they're, they're putting together their guest list and it's it's kind of like uh the movie father of the bride i think it was she said what about so-and-so oh no, oh, no they're dead <laughs> and his wife's like oh that's terrible he goes no i think they're dead why are we spending 50 dollars a plate for dead people and I, i've always thought that the definition of a friend is you've been to their home or they've been to yours i think that's fair you've uh, you've bought them a gift of some sort either birthday or or holiday and if if you haven't been to someone's home they haven't been to yours never bought them any kind of gift of any kind the really not a friend they're more of an acquaintance and this acquaintance was telling me that um, the entire covid is is a complete and total hoax it's completely made up hospitals are empty it's all the all the uh, scenes you're seeing on tv are uh, b-roll footage you know from these news agencies mm. 
And she said, I, I, and then it was immediately followed by this brilliant statement. Well, I'm a believer that God writes everybody's name in a book. Oh. And on that day, you're going to die anyway. And so another person that was with us at the time said, well, if that's the case, then, so you're saying all these people, you're saying they died of heart attacks, something like that, or they died of diabetes, or they they died of asthma, they just would have died without COVID. And then this person got real quiet. And so if that's, so you're saying they, they still would have died during this two month period or COVID actually was the thing that put them over the top and would be considered a cause of death, I would think. Diabetes would be the contributing factor mm. as opposed to COVID being. You agree with that? I think the problem is you threw some logic in there. Yeah, that's 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 part of the problem. Now we're seeing, uh, just the other day, 4,093 new reported cases. We're getting into a peak time where we're getting a lot of tourists. A lot of people think our tourist season is, you know, mid-fall to mid-spring. No, that's our snowbird season. Mm. That's when the Canadians who live here part-time or the... New Hampshireans, is that the proper term? I think so. New Hampshireites, um, they're Vermontonians, whatever they call themselves. All these people from up north who come down here. And by the way, we're not mad at them. We like them. Come on down. It helps build our economy. It's warmer down here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with the bad winters. We're, we're getting to a point where now, all of a sudden, we're going to have a lot of tourists coming down here. They're going to be taking it back to wherever state they came from. And then the brilliant statement, and I mean, I'm saying brilliant here. Trump said, the reason we have more cases is because we're doing more testing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. One of the truest things he's ever said. Yes, the brilliance of Donald Trump, which means, according to him, you can't get pregnant unless you take a pregnancy test. You're not pregnant unless you take the test. Sweep it under the rug, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, I'm just putting on a little weight right here, a little, little girth around the center. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's been kind of a rough week. And it's, it's kind of funny when I talk to friends of mine from around the, around the country when they talk about, you know, Florida man. You know, Florida man does this. Florida man found with this. Florida man drives through a J.C. Penney's front door, crashes off the back, said he thought it was the drive-through. You know, I mean, Florida right. making Flor- us proud every day. Florida, Florida gets a bad rap. How long have you been in the state of Florida? I knew you're originally from uh, New York. Originally from New York, 1988. I uh, was a 10-year-old boy moved out here. My parents did. Were you abducted, or did your parents? I were you- almost. I was begging to stay. I just okay. please let me just finish my fifth grade year at my friends. No, nope, we gotta go. 88. Well, I, I was actually down here two years earlier than that so i've been down gosh 35 years 35 34 something 34 years yeah my math i i I graduated in indiana so my math skills are not that great (laughs) i mean i like it down here a great deal but then we get kind of made fun of a lot and i think we've earned it i think we've actually oh there's no doubt earned it there's a lot of stupid people down here and the uh the george floyd stuff we talked about last week um several of our listeners um commented some pro some against uh why would you say that or why would you say the other well i'm entitled to my opinion you're entitled to yours and we welcome you to put your opinion on our facebook page um send us an email our email is uh, modified since last time we're making it easier all you have to do is type listener at lightersideofdark.com listener at lightersideofdark.com to send us an email and there were a lot of people who uh who who kind of agreed with us that there's uh there is obviously systemic racism still in our country especially in the law enforcement community but this week i read a couple posts by friends of mine on facebook who were commenting about uh the the jesse smollett case from a couple years ago and the current bubba wallace nascar scenario where 
it looks like the FBI is saying they were both made up. So the fact that they were both made up, according to them, I'll say they say the fact that they were both made up, does that mean, therefore, all people who are attacked due to race or all people who are harassed due to their race, they're all fake now? Right. And just like that invalidates everything just because you have a, a couple of questionable, that's not how it works. Right. And I mean, Jesse Smollett lost millions of dollars due to that stunt, alleged stunt. I don't know the man. I don't know if he did or did and not. And you deserve to if it's true. But I, I also believe that if there's evidence and testimony to show that he did it, then that would make it wrong. But I, if we really want to make sure if he's guilty, we should have the Senate give him a trial. Because according to them, no evidence is needed, no testimony is needed, they make up their mind before the person even gets yeah. there. They just kind of have a feeling. Yeah, and you know, and he's black, so I think they would already automatically have the feeling, well, he's pretty much guilty. But no, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that if he is guilty of doing that, he, uh, he lost millions of dollars not being on the last couple seasons of Empire. And um, has successfully rerouted his career to possibly um, only to be in the music industry. And because you can do all kinds of crazy stuff in the music industry, and people will still love you. That's true. Might might sell you more records. Actually, there was a great line in the movie uh, Cadillac Records where uh, Muddy Waters said. You learn how to play a guitar, you're more powerful than Superman. Very true. Uh, according to these people who think if the Jesse Smollett case was uh, total crock, made up, orchestrated, and then the people who are now saying that the noose that was found in, in Bubba Wallace's garage area uh, was put there by him or made up or whatever the case may be, if it invalidates all racism, then what about crazy grandmother that was at a Trump rally this past weekend at a protest, excuse me, well, not at a Trump Trump rally, even though protests and Trump rallies go hand in hand. Hmm. She was in the back of a pickup truck. Far be it for me to leave that alone. That's where she was. Um, you don't uh, say. You know, <laughs> basically lambasting the Black Lives Matter people were from the back of a pickup truck. I haven't been back from a back of a Benz or the back of a Bentley. Yeah, might have been a little bit amazing how it's never that. If I would, if I were to say to you, some crazy redneck racist woman was yelling out from her car, and her car was a, you would have said pickup truck. Exactly. Um, so she was waving a Confederate flag and wearing what kind of hat, Paul? Oh, I'm gonna guess it's a MAGA hat. There you <laughs> go. Good job. And she was uh, proclaiming that she had raised all of her kids to hate you people, and will continue to raise all of her grandkids to hate you people. What a great example. When I bring that up to my uh, Trump supporters, again, she's wearing the MAGA hat. He didn't go on TV and say this woman does not speak for me. Again, he probably would have said there's really good people on both sides. Uh, that's the only time I think he was ever a good politician so when he just when he does both sides like that yeah and when i say that to them they go no 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 that's not a representation of 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 all trump supporters okay jesse small it's not a representation of all black people who have been dealing with racism and i think those kind of that should sort of end the argument right there yeah good enough for you i mean i've done i've done enough algebra that you know x squared minus x squared equals zero of course but it has been a, a really crazy week we've had polls coming out right now and and polls are one of those things that I don't really believe very much in because in 2016. Yeah, especially now. I, I mean, with, with what happened and what's what got, what, what's gotten out about the interference, I wouldn't participate in a poll. I, I have no interest in showing my hand right now. I don't want them to think I'm coming out to vote. So I don't even think polls matter. I just think we're going to see. I mean, Ocasio-Cortez won, I think, 72% to 19% against yeah, her. Against her, uh, her Democrat Her billionaire-backed Democrat challenger. And yeah, she still and kicked her ass. And I understand that she's she's someone that uh, Republicans or, or right-wing people love to hate. Well, I mean, look, she worked her way through school and she plays video games. How could you not hate someone like that? 
I, I, I mean, I agree. so controversial. And she calls them out on their bullshit. Ah, why would you want someone who actually wants to keep the system less rigged? Also, I, I did notice in uh, Kentucky, Mitch McConnell's uh, home state, that they had over 2,000 polling places all over the state. Polling places where people could go and vote. That's why they're called polling places. I wonder how many stayed open. Actually, now, he and the Kentucky State Legislature is putting through a measure to limit it down to, I believe, 400. And one of the polling places is in an area that is supposed to accommodate 610,000 predominantly African American mm-hmm. voters. So one spot is supposed to handle 610,000 African American voters. But there's no gerrymandering. There's right, no, no suppression. No, nothing to see here, people. Nothing to see here. Just ignore the man behind the curtain. I'm still very, very confused by all this. Oh yeah, I, I think it's getting to the point where, as much as we all hate cameras and and hate the idea that surveillance is everywhere, and and I do, a lot of people that were getting away with a lot of things between the cameras and the internet suddenly, and then they got a big mouth up there who's drawing all the attention. It's hard for them to get away with some of this stuff now, and and now they're seeing it, and they're getting desperate, trying to close polling places, trying to suppress votes, trying to let COVID spread so they they can declare a national emergency and call off the election. God knows what they're trying, but well, I mean, uh, again, a political comedian, satirist, uh, Bill Maher on Real Time with Bill Maher on HBO, he's been saying for two years that he does not believe that even if President Trump loses the election, that he will leave the White he, House he, willingly. He will not. They will have to. Hopefully they have a plan knowing that he's not. If we know that, how could they not? According to the Constitution, when a new president is sworn in, previous president or past president refused to leave the U.S. Marshal Service, can come in and escort him out. Mm-hmm. And of course, when that law was written in our country's constitution 235 years ago or whatever it was, I don't think they ever anticipated using it. I remember back in 16, he said, this is a rigged election, it's rigged, because he wasn't expecting to win. Getting back to our point about polls, polls then showed Hillary Clinton would win, not necessarily in landslide, but pretty substantial. Sure. And that turned out to be not true. I think a lot of people stayed home thinking, okay, she's got this. Yeah. We can't have that kind of apathy and complacency. And I just want to go on record here. I don't care who you vote for. If you go and cast a vote for Donald J. Trump and you want to talk to me about Donald J. Trump, I will talk, I will listen, we can debate, I won't call you names or anything like that. The name calling typically comes from my friends back at me. I'm called this or I'm called that because I may disagree with them on something that I believe. I try to go by facts. I don't really want to go by opinion. I would have, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt if he turned out to be a good president, was going to do everything he said he was going to do. Uh, I think there's a, a logic to uh, making America number one. you got to clean up your own yard before you go out and start yelling at your neighbors to clean up theirs. So I actually thought, this guy's got the right ideas if he's going to work on immigration. Now, now immigration is one of those things things that needs to be worked on. But all of a sudden he went to none, absolutely none, and started calling Mexicans rapists. And I'm like, wait, well, that would have been enough to get somebody not elected president 10 years earlier. I mean, the, I Gary Hart, he had, Gary Hart had an affair and he was completely eliminated from contention as president. And Donald Trump's had one, admittedly, said it out loud and paid the person. The bar is a little lower now, I've noticed. And uh, Howard Dean was on the way to getting the Democratic nomination well on the way, had won two or three primaries. He was lighting it on fire. Yeah. He showed up to a rally and made a, a really loud screech into the microphone like, ah, or something like that. And everybody started calling him crazy. Yep. And he never that recovered. The, I remember that. But now we have a president who I think goes before the press every day and might as well scream and yell into the microphone. Makes more sense than what you know, he said. The says. one who said that you know if you do more tests, you find more cases. So therefore, don't do as many tests, you won't have as many cases. That's that, big brain stuff right that, there. That kind of logic. So I hope if you go out and vote, 
vote and you show me your little I voted sticker and you want to uh, tout Donald Trump, I will be more than happy to listen. And honest to God, I wish him well. I wish all the things that he said he was going to do, he was able to do. Because somebody said to me, oh, Rob, you're just a, you're just an Obama supporter and an Obama honk and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I said, well, nah. if President Obama was here uh, in our podcast being interviewed, I would ask him, you said you were going to close Guantanamo Bay and you didn't. Why? I would say uh, there were a lot of bills that you wanted to get before Congress and they just basically shot you down. Why'd you give up so quickly? There's more, there's more you could have done. Uh, though I think he did some great things. He inherited the single worst economy since the Depression. Inherited it by the time he handed it over to Donald Trump. Eight years later, the economy was in full swing. Mm-hmm. Did Donald Trump keep it going? Absolutely he did. Absolutely. The economy was good. But that doesn't mean the economy was great. As good as the enemy of great. How's the economy? Oh, it's good. Then nobody ever wants to be great. Talked about low numbers of African-American unemployment. Jobs Act that President Obama put in, in during his term was more about helping them find full-time employment with benefits where now you've got unemployment was low. They were working two and a half jobs. Back to that, if you don't test, you don't find cases. Exactly. Just skew the data. Yeah, you can you can have your unemployment uh, statistics show basically whatever you want them to show. Cherry pick however you like. Who is uh, who do you think uh, Biden should look at for a VP? I think that's crucial because he's he's not exactly a spring chicken. I know. You know that's going to be an important pick. Uh, you know a lot of people are saying Warren, and then if you take Warren, then you have to worry about her seat. I think uh, you know I would. Would probably pick Warren because I feel like this administration is a transitional administration and their job is going to be to start delegating, filling the cabinet with more progressives, just sort of maybe start the transition. You can't go too far. You can't Bernie everybody because then, oh God, it's going to be such chaos. We can't go so opposite. But maybe start a transition towards, you know, uh, just a younger, more progressive agenda, more more going green. Some well, you, of... you made an observation about me not too long ago. You didn't really call me a liberal. You said I was a lot more like a progressive. I think you're more progressive. Absolutely. I have I have conservative values in, in, you a, do. Lot, in a lot of areas, and but I just don't feel like there's a reason to go backwards. Liberal to me is almost perjurative. It's sort of saying, ah, oh, you're just a permissive pussy. Like, you just allow anything. You're okay with anything. That is not how I believe. That is not a term that I think fits what I believe at all. I want progress. I want to move forward. I want to get out of coal and away from shit that we know is wrong. They 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 have uh, they've skewed the term liberal in a lot of ways. Perjurative. They really have because they've they've gotten to a point where they've said, oh, if you're liberal, then and you, that means you're anti-gun. You want nobody to ever have any guns. Bullshit. No, I just want gun control. Yeah. All I want. They say, well, if you're liberal and you're a vegetarian, you want all meat eliminated. No. <laughs> I love meat. I can assure you, I don't want meat eliminated. Yeah. But. It, it, it's we're, we're way too polarized uh, yeah. in, in this country, let alone the state. So, all right, let's go take care of segment number one. We're going to be back in just a few. You are listening to the LSD podcast, which stands for what, Paul? The lighter side of dark. Thanks right, for joining we'll be us. Back just a couple. At My Forever Story, you have an opportunity to record your life story in your own word and in your own voice. After you're gone, this story can be played and listened to by all of your family, those who knew you, and even some who never got a chance to meet you. In most cases, it's under $100. We come to you. We sit down with you. You answer the pre-selected questions that you chose, so there's no surprises. The entire process takes less than an hour. You can elaborate as much as you would like. Tell the stories from when you were little all the way up until now. Tell your loved ones your story 
while you still can. We know how much it means to your loved ones to hear your voice. At My Forever Story, we give you that opportunity. Call us directly at 352-606-0248 or visit the website at my4everstory.com. That's www.my4everstory.com. The testimonials we've received are heart-wrenching. Again, My Forever Story. You tell the story, we make sure people hear it. It's conveniently stored on our national website as an MP3, so your friends and loved ones can listen to your story from their phone or a computer. My Forever Story. Hopefully, you'll take advantage of this opportunity. Call us today, 352-606-0248. With the lighter side of dark podcast segment number two, and for our Latin speaking audience, that would be El Segment Numero Dos. Beautiful accent. Well, I, 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 the only I do know a little bit of Spanish. Uh, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, six, oh, seven, oh, eight, oh, nine, oh, ten, oh. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Now, now we're uh, we have teaching segments. Yeah. So. I actually had a guy working for me years ago who spoke fluent Spanish, and we were joking about something in the office one day, and he overheard us and he said the phrase that we were he said it in spanish and so i had him teach me that phrase so if i ever want to impress someone i go trabajo no necesitavo jodio trabajo you know what that means uh i work but i don't necessarily wait but i don't need i, I missed the end of it but what, what was it I'll, he, I'll... he said it translates loosely to uh you know business we don't need no stinking business okay okay because we were making fun of the 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 badges of sierra madre or whatever yes. the, what the, we don't Treasure no of Sierra Madre, where they talk badges. about badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Yeah, we talked a little bit uh, serious in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to talk about just what's going on in uh, in our lives right now. Paul has still not gotten a haircut. Yes, I have. You did? Yesterday. Wait a minute. You paid for that haircut? Nope. My wife gave it to me. Oh, so... She looked up a YouTube video. Obviously on, on how to trim a lawn. How to trim a lawn. Somehow managed to not make me look homeless and i really appreciate well, it well I, I will say you look a little less homeless a little less you homeless. still could pass as a homeless person and that that was the goal is to to take some of the homeless out just to make it sort of like you know maybe two months behind on your mortgage or something I, I can't make too much fun about haircuts mine right now um to give people a visual as to what my haircut is now uh kurt russell in the movie stargate ah. he had a, a thick almost full military flat top and that's what i really like it's easy to take care of problem is with a flat top it just doesn't stay flat for very long then it starts looking like the surface of mars <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys so uh, you need certain product to really get that but i've got a i've got a new barber up here in my area and uh, I think he has probably the greatest barber name ever. His name is Nick. Nick. That's Nicky the Barber. Named after a small abrasion. So if you think about it, it'd be like going to see, say, hey, I'm, I'm going to see my friend uh, Lance. Uh, hope you don't have any boils. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, a good, he's a good guy and uh, reasonably priced. So I can just call him and text him and say, I only live about five minutes away. He's, yeah, come on over. It's, it's kind of a guy barber shop. He knows what you need. Just a lot of sports pictures up on the wall, a bunch of guys talking a bunch of crap about all the women that they have uh, supposedly, you know, scored with. Oh, sure, right, yeah. In their entire lives. It's easy to say that when there's just a bunch of dudes around. Whatever number, whatever number a man gives you, at least cut it in half. <laughs> 
if not cut it down to two thirds. So it's the opposite. Uh, yeah. The opposite effect. Isn't it funny though? Because a, a guy can sleep with a hundred women, that makes him a stud. But if a woman sleeps with a hundred a hundred men, she's a whore. I don't get that. That's a, it was a terrible double standard. So it was a good mind trick someone was able to pull off. Right. I will tell you something. My my uh, my second wife. We got in a pretty heated discussion one night about something, and I'm very curious as to your opinion on this. And you can ask your wife about it. Sure. I said to her, I said, it's easier for women to pick up a man. She goes, no, it isn't. I said, it is absolutely easier for a woman to pick up a man. And I said, put it this way. Take a woman who is on a scale of 10, a 7. Make it a 7. Send her into a bar. Have her ask 10 guys if they're willing to come out to her car and have sex with her. How many do you think will go? 10. I, nine, nine or 10, nine right? Or ten. I mean, it depends. You know, if yeah. there's the, the, the married guy who's a good man, he'll, he, but 9 right. out of 10, you know, if a guy's out at a bar, odds are he's looking for something. Yeah, I'm saying 9 out of 10 too. And, that's, and that, I think, is a very conservative estimate. 9 out of 10. Now, I said, now flip that around. You take a guy, and I'm not even going to say a guy who's a 7 on a scale of 10. Pick a guy who's a 9. A good hard night. Send him out to a bar. Have him ask 10 women at random to come out to the car and have sex with him. How many of the women would go? Maybe one or two. Two? At, I would say at, two. At, probably at two. At least. So, <laughs> Depends where we are. And and, and there was, uh, I forget. The, oh, wait a minute. I do remember. Yeah. It was in the movie uh, Six Days and Seven Nights with Anne Heche. And Harrison and Ford. And Harrison Ford. There's a combo. There was a line in there. She goes, you know, 10 ways to, to get a man excited. And Harrison Ford said, there's only one. Show up. You know, yeah. be there. If you're there, we're ready at that point. And it was that was kind of kind of his point. And I just remember talking to her, and she's no, it's, it's it's a lot harder for a woman to 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 pick up on a man. I said, no, I totally disagree with that. So I'd be curious to see what our our listeners or listener think about that. I, I think maybe what what they mean when they say that is they still have to deal with the screening and rejecting someone and the pain in the ass of someone coming up to you that you don't want to talk to. The odds that they're going to find someone that doesn't put them off by approaching them in a weird, overly aggressive, creepy way. So many guys have no game, don't know how to talk to women, uh, especially the ones that will just randomly come up at a bar. God knows how much they've already had to drink. So I think it depends. It's not that the the opportunity is absolutely there. I don't know necessarily, though, that women look around and go any man I want because you still have those other variables at play like you have to know he, even if he finds you attractive what if he sucks with women so he walks up to you like a bumbling idiot and he's like you know what if I just pretended she wasn't pretty I wouldn't have been so needy and clingy so I think there's that that aspect where women are there available hoping you're not fucking it up <laughs> And, and it's just as hard because all they want is for a guy to not be a jackass and just be normal. So I think that's where the, the cloudiness comes in. They get to screen and say yes or no, but we are so bad at it. I, I have a, a a couple that I DJed their wedding back in 1990. They're still married today. Oh, good. To, to okay. Well, that's good. I still keep in touch with them. They're I like hearing that. They're the nicest couples I've ever met. But the story, I, I'll take like a, just an inkling of credit, just a, a small amount of credit because... I was working at the place, and this uh, they said we hired a, a, a new girl to work in the uh, in the file room with you. And I'm like, okay, great. In walks this this beauty. She uh, to give you a visual, Christina Applegate from Married with Children. Oh, sure. When she, when she played Kelly, Kelly. Bundy, this girl would would rival her in physical beauty. I got to know her a little bit, and oh my God, she was the sweetest pure cane sugar. She was just a trifecta. She had a great sense of humor. She was beautiful, and she was funny. All those things, and but then I would hear her every Monday. Mm-hmm 
I don't want to use the term whiny, but kind of complaining about how she didn't do anything over the weekend. Mm -hmm. She went out with some friends and she just, she just can't seem to find a guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this girl who's a 13 on a scale of 10 going, yeah, what's up with that? And finally I, uh, I was talking to her, I said, permission to speak freely. And she goes, well, absolutely. I said, listen, I'm married. I'm not out to get you, but I will tell you that you are intimidatingly beautiful. Here's what he mean by that. I said, you are so physically beautiful. Men are a weak species. We're a weak gender. We talk a lot of crap with our friends, but it comes right down to it. We're easily intimidated. And there are guys that would take a look at you from across the room and go, oh my God, I guarantee you she's engaged. He's a lawyer Mm -hmm. or he's a football player. They talk themselves out of it. Talk themselves out of it. So I said, I'll give you a hint. I said, next time you go to a party or get together and you see any any guy around the room, and I, when I say any, you could have any guy you want, any guy at all, walk over to him, don't make eye contact with him, because they're just like animals, they'll get scared and run away. It's true. Don't make eye contact, but take your watch off and pull the little pen out on the side and fuss with it and say, excuse me, do you have the time... I got this watch from my ex-boyfriend, and it's about as reliable as he was. That's or, a great pickup or, line. Or pop out a, a, an <laughs> earring and walk around, hold the other earring in your in your hand. Listen, yeah. I lost an earring. Is, is, did any of you see this? I got these from my ex-boyfriend. I should probably just throw away the other one. A very subtle damsel in distress. According to at least the story I heard, she kind of did something like that at this next get-together. That would work. Met this guy. Dreamy, wonderful face. She came into work a couple weeks later, walking two or three feet off the ground. They got married three months later, I think. It was something like that. It was an unbelievably whirlwind romance. They've had kids, and I've even DJed their kids' weddings. Wow. So that's that's how long I've been with these people. Well, I think that was a great suggestion because what you did, it kind of touched on what I was saying about the awkwardness of guys and the lack of game. She, by saying something like that, completely took the pressure off. It Suddenly it wasn't about, hey, you want to hit on me? You want to pick me up? It's about, here's just someone who needs help. Guys love to help. A beautiful woman. Guys just like to help, but yeah. but you know, a pretty woman who needs help, who's you know, it's it's a no-brainer. Did you ever see the movie Two Can Play That Game? No, but with uh, Morris Chestnut and Vivica Fox. No, great movie. It's it's literally narrated from the the man and the woman's part throughout the movie. Okay, about the games that men and women play when they're dating. And Morris Chestnut, <clears throat> he's an amazing actor. Uh, typically stars as the hunky African American guy in, yeah. in any movie, but I think he's an accomplished actor in many others. And Vivica Fox plays the powerful uh, black woman in the movie. Mm -hmm. And so he has this great pickup line that if I was single and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm very happily married, but, you know, my wife is ill. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. If I I was single, he he walks up to me, excuse me, if I'm right about you, you're going to say yes to all of these questions. May I ask you the questions? And she goes, sure. He goes, do you think I find you attractive? She said, yes. Do you find me attractive? She says, yes. And he goes, that always confuses him. So whatever they say, he's basically real to men at that. He's a good salesman. And, 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 and those, those kind of pickup lines are great. When I, when, I met, when I met my wife in 1984, we met at a club. And uh, speaking of the wallflower thing we talked about. That's, that surprises was, me a little bit I was, to, I was to know dan- that. I was dan- I well, you out. are not a wallflower. I would get out and dance. I didn't care if there was a single person on that dance floor. And I guess that's where she, she saw me with my, uh, you know, amazing moves. <laughs> In fact, I guess I didn't step on my my other feet. Well, that's a good start, you know. Right. So we ended up meeting and we hit it off. And then as I'm walking her to her car that night, Mr. Suave, smooth and completely confident, failed to ask her for her phone number. It happened. I'm telling you. I knew her first name. I knew where she went to school. I knew what kind of car she drove, but just didn't have that whole phone number thing. So I had to uh, I had to go through a lot 
of work to find her in a city with almost a million people. But, you know, I was able to do it. I'm not going to bore you guys with that story today. We'll probably do that one on Valentine's Day. There you go. Our Valentine's Day episode. Right now, though, if... uh, you, you mentioned about game. Do you think this current generation, and, and I will be accused of bashing this current generation a lot on this podcast. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll stick up a little bit for it. We'll, we'll, I we'll debate don't, that. I don't think this generation has any game. I'll, I, I'll use the term none. I think what's happened with this generation, between the between porn being you know two seconds away on your phone so much as your computer, and the fact that there is this sort of pickup culture out there now, this pickup artist culture where there's been well, there's books. there's apps. There's apps, there's there's downloadable books where it's like, okay, here's the I, game. You know, I, I, here's I tell how you works. where I am, you tell me where you are, we get together, we have sex, and we go out. It's, wow. It should be that. Love that in the 80s. It's just there's, they, they, I think that they've been taught that, okay, there's a certain way, there's like a technique, all right, here's how you do it. Here's, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta neg him, neg them by like, by making them feel bad about themselves. And then you kind of move in that, that'll, just this whole manipulative process that, that supposedly is this way of sort of breaking down any woman so that you could pick them up. It's there is that sort of mentality out there. And then you have the neckbeards that don't even leave the house and they just live on, you know, Dr. Pepper and Doritos and 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 cells and, 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 and the incels, com- right? Busy complaining to women why they can't have sex. Yeah. And incel, of course, meetings and so on. What? Uh, just. Well, I I went to Daytona Beach spring break 1985 with uh, a friend of mine. From high school uh, named Daryl. Daryl was a Ken doll. Good looking, blonde hair. Looked like every annoying, bad high school character of every sure. bad 80s movie. You know, that, 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 Johnny. Preppy, <laughs> that preppy kid, Johnny or, <laughs> yeah. or Jake or whatever. Yeah, with the, with the letter jacket. Yeah, that guy. And and then, so we were on our way down there. We stopped by Murfreesboro, Tennessee and picked up his uh, cousin Scott. Now, Scott gets in the car and holy crap, Scott is basically Ernest P. World. Know what I mean, Vern? Mm-hmm. Remember him? That's what Scott was. He was not attractive. He had a hardcore he would have fit right in the redneck comedy tour uh, sure. bit. So we we go down to Daytona at the bar. It, the, is physically still there. It's called the Other Place. Okay, what a great name for a bar. So we go in there and Daryl strikes out. I strike out. I was you know I, if if Scott was ugly and Daryl was gorgeous, I'm somewhere in the middle. I was seven at that point, maybe. I don't know. Scott scored. And we went out with him again to another. And he scored again. And I think I was the only, you know, college student who didn't have sex in Daytona Beach that week. I think I was the only one. But Scott was scoring with, with girls right and left. So finally, we were at a Denny's or some all night diner about 3 15 in the morning. And he's over there just mowing down on scrambled eggs and sausage and stuff. And finally, Daryl said, Scott, what's your what's your secret, man? You ain't much to look at. What What's your deal? He goes, man, he goes, you, you and Smith, man, you just go around that bar and you're like, a sniper you take out a, a rifle and you see a woman from across the bar and you stalk her for an hour <laughs> and then eventually you put your bullet in your gun you take your shot at some lame pickup line and you miss and then you think okay heck i'm just gonna pack up my gun and go home because me i'm walking in there with a 12 gauge pump shotgun and i am shooting everybody because i'm gonna hit something if i walk into a bar and start popping out it's a numbers game he's he, right he literally said it was a numbers game he's right he says you know i'm, I'm gonna ask 10 women if they if they want to dance if they go you mean with you? He goes, oh, I'm sorry. From across the room, you look a lot prettier. Next, moves on to the next one. Yeah. He had great comeback lines for all of them. I don't want to dance with you. Oh, good. I wouldn't ask it for you anyway. My friend's over there, but he's 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 kind of he can't see real well. So That's I told great. him I'd, I'd come over here, and then he'd pat him on the head and offer him a treat and leave. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of stuff. I I don't think this generation has much game. If I could if I could call 
Marty and have him bring up the DeLorean and go back in time and know now what I know now and be in this day and age, I'm telling you, the women would be getting picked up by me right and left. Not because I'm some Lothario and because I'm the greatest at it, but because just sheer odds, I would be the only one asking them. Yeah, And and I think that could be part of it is too, is I... Uh, growing up, there's no real book. Some some guys are naturally good with just knowing how to pick up girls. They're comfortable with it. But then there's guys that are naturally awkward. And I think that it's up to the individual, despite you know what the, the whether it's 1980 or 2000, you still have to decide. All right, I need to figure out how to be confident enough to make a move without feeling awkward. There's that fine you bring, line. You bring up an interesting point. Back in let's say the the Wild West days, mm-hmm. the Wild West cowboys. They were popular. Women thought they have had a great look. Then you get into like the Roaring Twenties and those gangsters, the zoot suits and mm-hmm. stuff. The women, ooh yeah, wow, that guy's great. Then you jump into the fifties. You got the the Fonzie guys, the leather jackets, the t-shirts, the pompadours, slick, slick back hair. And in the late late sixties, you get the hippies with the long hair, kind of a bell bottom jeans. Then you get into into like the eighties. We're talking about that that preppy kid. You know, every one of those stereotypical guys has one thing in common, and most men don't realize it's confidence. Yeah. It now that confidence gets laid into the look mm-hmm. okay it becomes the reason, their persona the reason they're confident and they're going to dress against society because they're, they're confident mm. women are attracted to that and i have uh one little bit of personal experience with that i was up in panama city uh, visiting my friend uh dave many years ago probably about 1993 and i was then driving my corvette I had a Corvette at the time and always wanted a Corvette. It was one of those things that I always wanted yeah, growing you, up. You got your dream car. Yeah, you wanted to have yeah, a dream car yeah, for a while. It. Well, I left to drive the six-hour drive back, and I pulled pulled into a Krispy Kreme to go in and get some donuts because, boy, I can. Boy, Corvette can, and, and Krispy Kreme. I'm listening. Yeah. So I go in. Now, I didn't realize this at the time. I had black jeans on, black boots, and a black T-shirt, and I hadn't shaved in three days. And I pull up in this Corvette, and I go inside to get my donuts. The girl behind the counter didn't even realize it. I was paying attention she was doing she was chewing on her hair she was asking me to repeat the order how hard is a dozen yeast donuts mm. you know how a dozen donuts and she was just looking through me like kind of like i was a, a pane of glass you I had the mojo working i didn't real. no i didn't even know the mojo was working that's at it that point. so she turns around then i hear then she's talking and then these other two girls start looking over her shoulder at me i'm realizing oh crap this girl's you know got it didn't even realize it but you no know, you pull up in a corvette you get out you got this rough guy look. Yeah, you probably looked like you weren't too worried about anything. You just had maybe a relaxed air at which, again, it's... You know I didn't care about my body because I was <laughs> pumping it full of a dozen... Dozen donuts. Grains. Well, you know, at that age you could pump it full of those. Those don't, those don't count, though. If they melt in your mouth, they yeah. don't count, right? Two of them is sort of a warm-up. Anything after that, you can start counting right. the calories, but... You know, we ought to do a podcast on uh, and bring in some, bring in some people and... <laughs> get their opinions on this because i don't think this current generation right now has any game i think it's up to the individual you know i I don't there's so few people i know born with there was always like one or two kids in a group like oh man he's just he always gets girls even the guy like you said who is not so so beautiful but he just had like a natural way and it's up to us to figure out within the confines of our current generation all right how do we stand out because 
Yeah, it's hard. It was a young young man who was telling me he was so frustrated because you know, women don't appreciate good guys. Women nah, don't that's want not good true. guys. And I would I would often look at him and say, well, when was the last time you asked a girl out? When was the last time you made a move? And what's your definition of a good guy? Are you just sit there offering anything because you you're trying to get in her pants, or you you know, women can tell when you have an interest. So if you're they are, trying, they are an incredibly very intelligent gender. They have to be. I never questioned my wife's judgment because she married me. So <laughs> that's gonna take care of segment number two. We'll be right back. Our Mount Rushmore that we'll be talking about today is going to be um, monster movie franchises. Top four monster movie franchises. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Do you like game shows? Have you ever wanted to be on one? Well, guess what? You don't have to go to California to be on your own game show. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area, will bring all of your favorite game shows to you. Your group, your organization, your company party, or just a group of friends. All of your favorites like Family Feud, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Pyramid, Match Game, and the Really Wet Game. For more information, visit the website at gameshowparty.com. Or call directly 727-531-8880. Again, that number is 727-531-8880. Visit the website at gameshowparty.com where you are the contestant. SD podcast segment number three. We're going to dive into we we like to do a Mount Rushmore segment each episode, and it can be random subjects. Uh, we've done one recently on top four or Mount Rushmore. Who would be on the Mount Rushmore for stand up comics? Then when last week uh, last week's episode was uh, '80s musicians and artists. Am mm-hmm. I correct? And who did we come up with? The top I think three? we said Michael Jackson, Prince were were, were first two that came out we had then we were kind of madonna was the third then we sort of i don't know if we ever decided uh we had hall and oates was a candidate we had whitney as a candidate we had huey lewis and uh, in the news and gloria estefan in miami sound machine some people were saying lionel richie but you know lionel richie was a good I, i mean you could probably argue your way into any of those I think I, I went with Whitney first because I just remember her coming out of like just the impact, the soul queen coming out. But then you brought up Huey Lewis and Daryl Hall and John Oates. It was hard to hard turn to... on a radio in the 80s and not hear. Uh, you know, Still. Yeah, <laughs> Hall and Oates. And, turn on uh, adult and, contemporary. You'll hear, you know, harder rock and roll or you'll, you'll hear, uh, you know. My, make my dreams yeah. come true or, well, they, or they, kiss they, on my they list. Were, they were essentially, it was hip to be square. Hip, yeah. Um, you uh, during the last break, you were asking me, did somebody punch me in the eye? Yeah, you have a uh, a real. It looks like stitches. Yeah, yeah. I on. had I uh, had the second eye surgery on the same eye. Got droopy eyelid. I would not recommend this. I remember you telling me about this the first time. So what? It's like you said. It's like pulling up a shade and, and it, yeah, uh, it, yeah. You got a window blind. You got a window shade. And you're pulling it down. You keep pulling it down. You keep pulling it down. Eventually, when you pull it down, it doesn't snap back up. Well, that's kind of what my eyelid had done. 
and it's uh, it's a, it's a really painful surgery because I, you they you're not supposed to wear an eye patch. You're supposed to be keep blinking. So it's like if you hit your thumb, did they the numb hammer, it at least? Oh no, they did. It was it was a surgical procedure. It was okay, done, done at a hospital, and uh, so it was a it was a you know it was a like, big deal. They gave me propofol and everything. Oh wow, okay, propofol's so you, good stuff. Yeah, it is. You, you want to feel like Michael you slept Jackson off. always looked rested? Are you kidding me? You feel like you sleep a hundred years. Was good stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm deal- I, I appreciate you having to stare across the table and look at that, and and not do the mole, mole, <laughs> moly, moly, moly. Just looks like a battle scar. Yeah. Well, uh, my brother said, uh, my wife said, shut up, and I thought she said, stand up. And but, here's the uh, eye. She wouldn't hit me in the eye. She's so short. She probably would hit me in the hip socket, <laughs> possibly. So, we uh, our, our our Facebook page is out there. Paul is managing it at LSD Podcast, or you could just look up the lighter side of dark on uh, on the search field and. That yeah, the up. LSD podcast, that's the way we're going to be uh, marketing it going forward, I think. It's a great idea. But we uh, we put some some suggestions on our Facebook page for our listeners to choose what our Mount Rush, Rushmore was going to be this week. And uh, by a resounding number, uh, four, they went with monster movie franchises. So in other words, monster movies of all time. A lot of leeway here. Who would be... On the Mount Rushmore. Now, are we specifically speaking monster monsters, as in like a Frankenstein, or does this include like a Leatherface? Or are we? Including I think it, I think like it's something that non-human. Let's just okay. say like a, a human that's gone uh, just off, off the kind uh, of skirting uh, that line of half human, but now half like just insane, yeah, so super what, strong. What, what one comes to mind for you first? If we're including those, the first that come to mind to me would be Jason from Friday the Thirteenth, because that was what terrified me the most growing up. Jason, that, Jason, yeah. Jason, Jason. That the silence of it, yeah, the 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 they 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 knew how to capture it with the with the music and the just something about the guy standing there with the mask, not saying anything. He doesn't run after you. That's creepy. He just walks and he catches up to you by walking. Yeah, that that sort of that's the Pepe Le Pew approach. Oh man, Remember Pepe Le Pew could catch. That's right. The, he, he would be in front of them. He would always catch the the cat or skunk, whatever he was after, by just diddly, diddly, diddly. so that's like yeah, kind of like Jason. Just kind of just that just shows you, you confidence. How, do you remember how many people Jason killed in the first movie? None. None. Good. None. Smart man. Yeah. He killed not his mother. Killed them all. Which is. You know, thinking of it now, but there's been so many. I just picture the hockey mask, but that was the whole thing. Is this okay. that created him? All right. Um, I'm, that, so we're so gonna, that that's mine. We're, we're, it, we're, we're, we always try to do this and go back and forth. So you start off with Jason. I would come back with Frankenstein. Classic. I mean, we're talking old school here. You, you have to start where it all started. He's one of those. Yeah, Frankenstein. Uh, you take away the ones where he was chasing down Abbott and Costello or whatever. But Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. It's just, it's been resurrected and done so many different ways that it's it's, it's it, you can't really ignore it it's been a part of uh, american culture pop culture yeah. ever since mary shelley wrote the first one mm-hmm. i mean the one with robert de niro which was mary shelley's frankenstein that one was kind of weird you know just uh, and then young frankenstein was sure one of the greatest comedy movies of all time i could sit again i could quote that until i'm blue in the face of course well if you have frankenstein i'm going to assume well, what do you think about dracula are we going to put those those two 
I think I think you I think you kind of have to. Uh, to me, those are like if there's two classics I'm gonna pick off the bat, I would think those might be the two: Frankenstein, Dracula. Even even people that were born well after Bela Lugosi know about Bela Lugosi, and that that says a little something to me. And then you, then you, now then you've got Interview with a Vampire, and you've got all the Twilight movies and Vampire in Brooklyn. A, a, I can't believe that the Oscars missed that with Eddie Murphy. Uh, but there have been so many, and then Dark Shadows, the TV show that came from it. So true blood people are obsessed with the vampire culture i would think you would have to uh dracula in there for sure speaking yeah. of young frankenstein i am paul bluchel <laughs> cloris leachman at her absolute best god what a great movie i actually have a uh, we we have a friend actually who is uh uh, dating a woman right now and when he told me that she liked Young Frankenstein and Monty Python I said dude she's a keeper absolutely that's it she's that, a keeper that's the litmus test definitely so we were talking uh, Frankenstein Jason and we got Dracula I've I got a I got a fourth one here that's gonna really surprise you but but kind of like Jeff Foxworthy when we were talking about yeah. him being stand up the gross numbers of, of tickets and CDs mm. sold has to kind of get him in contention. Godzilla. Oh. You know how many Godzilla movies have been made yeah, sure. since the 50s? Dude, it's... I would guess triple digits, he has maybe. More. He has more movies about Godzilla than... Frankenstein, combined probably. Otherwise, I mean, Godzilla is a monster. Yeah, and it's a, you know it's a monster movie franchise. Um, if if we have to exclude one, we can we'll, we'll we'll push him aside for the sake of for the sake of talking about this. So I I think we're to a position where if we're not going to put him on there, you have Jason. I would say Freddy Krueger. That would be that was what I was going so, to say. So if, if we're doing old school, new school, we got Frankenstein and Dracula. We got Jason and Freddy Krueger. That seems the most logical. Those are the first four that came to my mind. Now, again, I know there's there's room for debate here, but Freddy, another one, straight out of your nightmares, literally. And, and it's such an iconic ace that just looks like someone is melting almost. And they have crevices and the... Just the special effects in that one was was pretty disturbing. Yeah. But let me ask you this: um, Do you think there's a difference between a horror movie and a gore movie? Yes, definitely. Because I think horror can be psychological. Also, to me, when I hear gore, I think of uh, gratuitous, graphic, gratuitous movies. violence. You slasher know? movies. Yes, slasher we, movies that that show the blood. It's not Texas just Texas Chainsaw blood. Massacre. Yeah, where there's um, splatter, where there's you know, I'll tell you this: stabbing and blood. The original Saw movie loved it mm -hmm. because it was a, it was something. That hadn't been done before right what would you do if you had to cut off your own foot to escape and live what would you do if you had to kill somebody to get the key to get the handcuffs undone to, so you wouldn't be killed right these conundrums it, it, then it went it, it became okay artist that has a hit song sure. and they crap three albums full of drivel interesting concept albums. gets popular want to capitalize on interesting concept redo it three times everyone hates you then that's right yeah. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily a fan of Saw 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and whatever it's up to you, they did they did it they created this Saw Die thing. Harder you know <laughs> oh. Saw The Empire Strikes Back whatever it just, yeah. it just, it's, it's, Seesaw it's, 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 it's getting crazy Seesaw I'll tell you as far as horror movie franchises one of the ones that it's really not a monster per se is the Exorcist movie Movie series because I the, guess the monster would be the the spirit yeah the demon the, 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 the possessor because the original Exorcist movie it was the only movie I've ever seen at a theater where I saw people get up and leave because they were disturbed wow only time I've ever seen that, that means happen. something you know, she breaks out the cross and starts doing business with that and that just that freaked a lot of people out but that movie I thought was a 
a frightening movie, a real horror movie, because every time that door was closed and you'd see a hand reaching for that doorknob, you did not know what was going to be on the other side. Right. This, that, that psychological, the, the, the suspense and the, yeah, you, the, the hair in the back of your head. Anticipating. With, yep. with, with Freddy Krueger and Jason and those, you know the killing's coming. Yes. You have to wait for the certain cinematography angles. For yeah. example, the, the, the cameraman shows the girl sitting on the bed, breathing hard, and in the upper right-hand corner is an area of a window. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, they, they do rely on the jump scare a little too and, much with and, those. And, and the music starts going... You're waiting for the door. The to violins open. are like out of. They, they, yeah, they open the door and the cat runs out. And like, oh, thank God! And then about that time, a pitchfork yep. comes through the yep. throat. There's that. You get that false, and then boom, and then they hit you. One of the reasons why I think those movies sometimes get a little bit campy is they've done the scary movie franchise where they make fun of it. Yes. The girl's being chased through the woods, and she's still got her high heels on. Yeah. Kick your high heels off, uh, Karen. Get rid of them and run. And then she's running towards either a well-lit house, even darker woods. And the sign says, certain death this way, and she goes and she, that yeah, no, and, she, and there's an episode, and I think it might have been one of the, the Jason movies, where it might have been might have been Michael Myers. might have been that, where these people are hiding in a convertible, and a pitchfork comes right down through the top, oh. three for one, kills all three. Perfect. If you got a choice of hiding in a car, here's a helpful hint from Rob and Paul of the LSD podcast. Go with the hard top. Yeah. Go hide in the trunk. Nobody can ever get into a trunk of a car. You gotta call AAA to get into a trunk of some of these old cars. If ever there was a lesson to be taken from Halloween, I think. Alright, so we're looking at Frankenstein, Dracula, Freddy, Jason. Godzilla waiting in the wings. Again, Godzilla has gotten so so and and you can't say it's not scary. You see those episodes of all those Japanese people running, they're scared to death. They do not look like they're very uh, excited to be there. So I mean, what about the what about the child's play? What about Chucky? that's creepy is, too. Is, is, is Chucky top four? I don't think he makes top four because as, as, as creepy as dolls are, clowns are creepy too. I, I think Freddy and Jason were more iconic to me. Child's Play is sort of, everyone knows it. It's like, oh, that doll. I don't know. I I, I don't know anyone who thought Child's Play wasn't scary if, uh, to, to answer that. But I don't think I would bump Freddy or Jason for him personally. Uh, let's see here. But maybe uh, our listeners would. Yeah, well, that's well. they're the ones that picked this particular topic. Um, we, we do have some of the classic monsters like Wolfman and the Mummy. There has been Mummy franchise with uh, Brendan Fraser and then mm-hmm. he turned into somebody else later. <laughs> Whatever. And mummies are also a perfect example of somebody who walks really slow who always ends up catching people and That's killing That's true. Them. There's something scarier about that. No speed involved. Who else can you think of? Yeah, Leatherface. Leatherface. And, you know, you mentioned Fred. Michael Myers who, again, Leatherface and Michael Myers scary but Jason and Freddy to me scarier. So I kind of automatically left them off for, for a couple of the classics. But you could make a case for them. It really hasn't been. You really couldn't throw a witch into a category because it really hasn't hasn't been any witch. Yeah. I mean, Blair Witch. And I will tell you something about the Blair Witch Project. When it first came out, I took my uh, my then wife, I think it was Wife Reed, the trilogy. That's how I referred yeah. to her. My first wife was the debut. Second wife was the sequel. Third wife was the trilogy. And now my current wife is the franchise. Love you, babe. So went, went to see Blair Witch Project. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's not a long movie. No. We sat there in total silence during that movie. And the ending of it is really compelling. And all of a sudden, the lights went up. And my then-wife looked at me and goes, you know what? That wasn't all that scary. That's when I looked at her and said, for exactly the time from the movie started until the movie was done. Look at my right leg. She had her left hand dug into my right leg. There were scars. I'm surprised my leg wasn't asleep. I said, you didn't take your eyes off the TV for the entire, excuse me, the screen, for the entirety of that. Tell me it wasn't scary. Maybe she was expecting a different kind of scary, but she didn't realize that she was... The stereotypical scary 
scary, the one that A plus B equals scary. Yeah, punching the head with scary. Because that one was really from a standpoint, if you were out there, this would be how you'd act. Don't be filming this. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Kind of thing. So right. Blair Witch was kind of scary. Exorcist every year around Halloween in, in movie polls of scariest movies of all time, Exorcist is always up. Then you see the generation where, you know, Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers. There's another guy we haven't talked about. It's Michael Myers. Yeah. I mean, he's in that class of the, those those 80 slasher flicks. Right. The, the, the gore makes up the parody that we saw with Scary Movie. He's, he's you know, he's part of that whole core. So you so you have you have Friday the Thirteenth and you have Michael Myers and then you've got Freddy because if we're going with Dracula and, and Frankenstein we can't argue that they got to be carved on there on the Mount Rushmore. Who of the of those three then? Who of those three would would, would, would make up the other two spots? If we're not going to carve Godzilla up there because he's a big, huge, four hundred and fifty foot tall dinosaur, I guess if we're if we're going to go with uh, scary human ish <laughs> movies, you'd have to throw him in with a creature of the Black Lagoon or the Blob or something like That's that. That's yeah. Well, yeah. Let's put that one out on. Uh, we'll put that on the Facebook page. You'll 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 say we got two spots to carve. Yeah, we probably missed some major one, and, and they'll they'll let us know who. Yeah, they got a little, how they let us know is you can uh, email us listener at lightersideofdark.com or other ways to reach us on the website. Paul on the Facebook page are. Yeah, you can just look us up. Uh, you can just search through Facebook for Lighter Side of Dark or uh, at LSD Podcast. That'll find us as well. Uh, and Anchor.com, I believe, is where we. Yes, Anchor Anchor FM. AnchorFM.com. Yeah, and they're uh, currently uh, one of our sponsors as well, so you'll be hearing a, a little bit about them. If you think we're having fun at this, you're absolutely right. We're having a ball doing this. It's a lot of fun. A great way to uh, kill an hour per week. Uh, we don't try to be too opinionated either way, but we certainly welcome our listeners to uh, let us know. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, Anchor FM is the way to do it. They show you every single step of the way. It's not complicated. You don't have to have a big giant studio full of tens of thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment. Most important thing is having a, a good personality, being entertaining, and Anchor will take care of the rest. So look them up at uh, Anchor FM. And uh, another one of our sponsors, Cuppy Cakes. Hit them up real quick. Cuppy Cakes, yes. Our Cuppy Cakes. My wife and her mother run a uh, custom cake artist business whether you're doing wedding cakes or specialty cakes themed cakes star wars spongebob whatever you want graduations birthdays ourcuppycakes.com www.ourcuppycakes.com that's their website you can see their incredible work on there so next time you're uh, able to get together for a special occasion or you want to celebrate go to ourcuppycakes.com and also if you are uh, overweight her cakes have absolutely no calories in them that's i'll not say whether that's true or all the no 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 (laughs) Donald Trump said it, Paul, so it's got to be true. true. He said, said, this is exactly what he said. He said, our cuppy cakes, there's absolutely no calories in there. I've checked. It's perfect cakes. They're absolutely perfect. Probably the greatest cakes in in our lifetime, if not ever of all time. So go to our cuppy cakes. No calories at all. Look at at me. I'm svelte. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm 145 pounds. The suit makes, you know, they say the, uh, they basically say that the uh, camera adds adds, 200 pounds. Adds 200 pounds. So Paul, uh, again, thanks for uh, coming out and hanging with me again today. I know it's been kind of a tough week for you and been a tough week for me as well, but I certainly had fun. We hope you all did as well. So check us out, Lighter Side of the Dark, LSD Podcast. I am Smith and that is Solio. We'll see you back uh, next week. Episode uh, 20 will be coming up next week. So stay safe out there, everybody. Recorded in the Tampa Bay area in association with 
RSP Productions and Solio Entertainment. Written, produced, and directed by Paul Solio and Rob Smith. Additional episodes available on multiple podcast formats. The Lighter Side of Dark claims no ownership to any audio or sound bites used in the production of this program. Opinions offered on this podcast are merely offered from a comedic standpoint are not meant to be taken seriously, purely for entertainment purposes.